This is Live from the Table, the official podcast of the world-famous Comedy Cellar, coming at you on Sirius XM 99, Raw Dog, and wherever podcasts are available. Dan Natterman here, uh, uh, host of the uh, podcast, along with co-host Noam Dorman, owner of the world-famous Comedy Cellar, the ever-expanding world-famous Comedy Cellar. Uh, we have Perry Brand here. She's our producer. And we have guests uh, all the way from Singapore coming via... The internet, Mr. Sam C., stand-up comedian and MC, Singapore-based, but he performs all over the world. Award-winning stand-up comedian and uh, headlined in over 25 different countries. Okay, very interesting. We also have with us Jocelyn Chia, also of Singaporean origins, but now currently residing in the United States. Ni hao? Ni hao, yes. Awesome. <laughs> currently residing in the United States and working here, a regular comic here in the Comedy Cellar. And we've discussed... Uh, on previous episodes, uh, the the uh, shitstorm, I guess, is the right word for it. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you say shitstorm in Singapore? What, what's the language? Is it, is it just? We all speak English, but I also speak Mandarin. Mandarin. How would you say shitstorm in, in Mandarin? Closer, closer to your. Closer, yeah. I mean, anyway, it's probably not an exact translation. So, you, so, let, so let's give it, let's give a quick overview to okay, the people. Go ahead, you so, can do that. Jocelyn, now, do you think we should play the clip on on? Oh the, my dear God! <laughs> I think everyone's seen it. Don't you think? Not well, describe. I'm just listening to this. Well, right. you can describe. Before we didn't play the clip. Hmm? You'd prefer that we do not play. No, I don't mind, but I've just been seeing it so often, you know. Well, maybe, maybe we. So, because we want to tell. So, Jocelyn, um, uh, the seller, released with a co-release with Jocelyn, I guess, a, a clip of her doing a, a bit that she's been doing for how long? A year and a half. A year and a half. Put the mic close to you. Oh yeah. A year and a half. Um, but it's so she, often, I think the seller staff is sick of it. Well, she kind of roasts uh, M- Malaysia a bit because there's a rivalry between Malaysia and Singapore, or, or sort of, and um, and this clip went viral, uh, and Mala- the many people in Malaysia were quite offended, and it, it it set off an international incident where um, one of the ministers of Singapore had to apologize. Or didn't have to, but chose to apologize to the Minister, country. Minister, high commissioner. Um, uh, Malaysia has asked Interpol <laughs> yes. to uh, track down Jocelyn's whereabouts and I find her. I got 14 her. calls from a Malaysia number today. I don't pick up Malaysian numbers, but that well, could have been Interpol calling. <laughs> there was a um, a protest at the American embassy in Malaysia. The comedy seller uh, was hacked. <laughs> our website was hacked. Um, so this is a, is quite interesting. So I guess I guess if we're if we're putting on our journalistic hats here. Um, let's let's play the clip, Nicole. Let's play the clip, and then we can talk about it and uh, and try to understand. Um, um, and have you explained to us why this clip uh, was was so offensive? What it was culturally that we don't understand, and how you feel about it, what regrets you may or may not have. So go ahead, play play the clip. My country, Singapore. After we gained independence from the British, we were a struggling little nation. In order to survive, we formed a union with a larger, more powerful country, Malaysia. Where are you from? Malaysia or Singapore? Malaysia. Malaysia. Okay, yeah. F*** you, assholes. (laughs) (laughs) When my prime minister went on TV to announce that you guys had dumped us, he cried because he thought we're not going to survive without you. But then 40 years later, we became a first world country. And you guys, Malaysia, what are you now? Still a developing country. Now... Up until this point, do you think you would have gotten in trouble? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But this was not, this was, this was, this could have still, you still, this could have been like tongue in cheek. This would probably have still been considered tongue in cheek. Yeah, I agree. There was no cuss words yet. Nothing. No. Well, you said fuck you, but it. Uh, but oh, I really did say F you. Yeah, that's true. I did say that. Now that's, that's, a, that's considered to be 
Like that's like you know nothing in in in, in America. There's nothing occurs. in America, right? But that's a big deal there. I didn't think so. But I also haven't been in Asia. I haven't lived in Asia more than half my life, right? So maybe it's more of a big deal there than here. Now that I think about it. Okay, so so cause, because there was a lot of cursing on on Twitter by Malaysians. Right, right, right. they cursed me back. So, so I saw that where they actually and even use like like um, hood vernacular and stuff like stuff like you know. Really, I heard the one that sister, using, please, stuff like that. Sister, please. I heard the one they're using a lot is wash your poop. I, that I didn't know was a phrase to what wash your poop. Poop. Wash your poop. Uh, it's, wash your, it's a direct translation, I guess, of a, of an expression. That they use. Oh, maybe. You guys huh? don't wash your poop. I don't know. <laughs> wash your, oh, so, go, so go ahead. Continue. Oh, boo. <laughs> you, Malaysia. <laughs> Isn't that the best breakup revenge? Now, Malaysia, y'all trying to come around like, hey, Singapore, you're looking good, la. <laughs> and we're like, I know. But why haven't you visited me in 40 years? And you're like, oh, yeah, I tried, but you know, my airplanes cannot fly. <laughs> what? Malaysian Airlines going missing, not funny, huh? Some jokes don't land. <laughs> this joke kills in Singapore. <laughs> I get a bad yell from you from the Malaysians. <laughs> it's okay, they don't have internet. <laughs> when you said you're getting a, a bad yell, was, was the Malaysian person in the audience angry? No, no, that was from um, Red, at the, the drummer. Oh, that was from Red. Yeah, Red was... Was the person in the audience angry? The Malaysian person? I couldn't see, they're quite far away. I don't think so. I mean, no Malaysian has come up to you afterwards to say... I mean, I, I, I would even get, oh, I really like your bit. And I'm from Malaysia. <laughs> well, how often do we get Malaysians in the know, audience? Not super often, but yeah, every now and then for sure. Not not as common as like you know we get a lot. For some reason, we get like a lot of like Norway and so so we did we did get a, we did get an email from someone who said they were there complaining, but I was I wasn't sure if they were actually there or not. It's hard to say, but I think all right. So having said that, so oh, you did get an email from the per- a person who was at that particular show. They said they were, and I oh. I, I didn't anyway. So um, so, so if you can, can you explain? to us from the Malaysian point of view, what, why are they so angry? And what is it that we don't understand as Westerners that you must have some understanding for? Like, what, what, What's going on there? You know, I too had to like listen to some analysis about what's going on, right? I, I am pretty Americanized by now. It's kind of true, right? That we broke up. They were the powerful country back then, and now we're better. So, of course, they have a bit of an ego about it. I'm just, like, shining light to it. And what commenter was, what commentator was saying was that I was stirring the pot. Like, it was stuff that's already brewing under the surface, and I was stirring the pot, stirring all these, like, hidden emotions and, and uh, underlying resentment that they may have. So that's what someone was saying. I could see some truth to that. Um, but for me, my personal point of view is that I basically went into their living room, showed up at, in their phone, and I was like, fuck you, Malaysia. So I think that's where I think things got out of hand, right? In the comedy club, and you know, this has worked for over a year and a half, um, everyone sees me from a distance, I'm on stage, so I can act out a little bigger so people further back can see me. But when it's translated now into a video form, and that's why stage actors are always told to tone it down when they go on camera, right? Because the camera picks up everything. So I think translating a stage act into a phone that you're now viewing, complete out of context, you're on your toilet bowl, taking a dump or whatever, or washing your poop, I don't know. And... That, I think, is what made them more incensed. Also, it's a Chinese girl, right? And Malaysia is 70% Malay, 30% Chinese. I think Sam can speak to, like, there is some racial-ish, like, 
I don't know what's the right word, but there's could be a racial component as well. There's a Chinese person and a woman, right? Uh, and a Singaporean. They thought I was Singaporean at the time, and there's that ri- rivalry. So, like, these three factors, Chinese, woman, Singaporean, shouting to their face in their phone. Uh, I could see what, what kind of But what about... The, well, you're not Singaporean? You said... They, no, I'm American now. So, at yeah, first, they thought Singapore. I was... But you I, are Singaporean. Accent, you know. But you are Singaporean. Not by citizenship anymore. Yeah, but... It, it, uh, yeah. Right, but to, in their yeah. mind, I was, I, I was yeah. sounding and looking like a Singaporean. So, yeah. So... But is there something about the plane crash which is considered to be a, a national sh- sh- I don't know, I'm, I don't want to use the wrong word but they, they take it very much to heart that in some way before the world this makes them look second rate is that is that is yeah, that right? I never saw it that way I mean only because I, I could see them thinking that they have a little bit of a because you definitely touched a nerve with this I plane a crash, nerve with this plane which crash, seems yeah. to me to be more than just sympathy for the victims hmm, it seems to be like this is like you're, you're this is like a synecdoche for, for, for uh, like like this was this is all the world knows about us is this goddamn plane I crash see, yeah. right like nobody even, like as first thing they think about is this plane crash mm. we're very Capable nation, we're smart people. We do great things, whatever. And it's this, this plan, and then, and now, this is going. You know, this is what they we become the butt of a joke. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes, I totally get that. Um, and the weird thing is, <laughs> Malaysia Airlines jokes are done in Asia. You know, like I had Asian comics like, "What the hell, Jocelyn?" Like, I hear these jokes in Malaysia all the time, or I hear these jokes on the Singapore stages all the time. But I think it's because mine was the first to go on social media, at least the first with some kind of platform, right? I mean, the cell also co-posted it, so we had like, our joint following, sharing it. Um, so, and and also it's being consumed by people who don't go to comedy shows. So when we do it in Asia, in Singapore or, or Malaysia, it's always within the confines of a comedy show. So when people are joking about Malaysia Airlines, everyone knows they're joking, but a lot of these people watching this clip don't go to comedy shows, right? They don't have a very strong comedy scene in Malaysia. I mean, they, they shut down a comedy club because someone made a bad joke. Uh, and Sam will have more details. But yeah, someone made a bad joke and they shut down the comedy club. They arrested the owner for making offensive jokes online. So their comedy culture is not as developed as America. They don't... They don't well, not go- just comedy culture, but, but they have no concept of free speech in the sense that... I know there was a... Well, this is Singapore, not Malaysia, but I... I, I I, I'm assuming there's some sort of similarity to the mentality. There was a choir in Singapore called the Complaining Choir. Oh yeah, where they they do uh, songs about like complaining about fetching about everyday life in uh, Singapore. Mm. And then one year they had a non-Singaporean member of the choir, a foreigner, and then the government shut it down and <gasps> said you cannot perform if you're going to have a foreigner in the choir because again it's like a humiliation to have a foreigner singing songs about problems with Singapore. Now that's so beyond anything <laughs> an American would ever even a million years think about. But but in Singapore it's like, oh okay, that Well, makes we sense. have the advantage in America of being the most powerful country on earth. You know, um, and 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 we're not insecure about our place in the world. We also have a First Amendment. I mean, it's a deep, well, deep. We ethic. have both things. We have, you know, we can. No, but make, England is like that too. Well, England. I mean, England might have some insecurities about their their lost empire. I don't know, but uh, but you know, uh, it's, it's Sam. Um, no one brought up the point. Wait, wait, just wait, okay, one more thing. We're bringing Sam. So, say one more thing. One. What is it, Dan? What? You well, have- I thought I was a co-host of the show. <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. Uh, Noah mentioned that the Singapore Airlines crash might not just be a national tragedy, which it certainly is in Singapore, 
but it also might be a, a, a national shame in that that they think that they're viewed as incapable. Did, can you speak to that? Or I, I know you're Singaporean, but um, I, I was wondering if you could speak to that at all. I love that he got Malaysia and Singapore mixed up. Just like I did. People get Asians mixed up all the time. No, he's Singapore. I'm Singapore. Yeah, Singapore. Singapore said, Airlines and the Singapore, Singapore Clash. I'm <laughs> Oh, you white people. It happens all the, all the time. The most powerful country in the world, right? <laughs> most powerful country in the world can't pick up a book. So, uh, the whole thing behind it, I guess. <laughs> am I lying? Uh, so, uh, well, good, good yeah. evening, everybody. So. Uh, the whole thing that's gone down is quite fascinating because I have a little bit more experience talking about this particular subject because I also have gotten into trouble with Malaysia for jokes in the past. I ha- I too have had issues. I've had yeah, police reports. I've also has. have been banned from the country. So it's almost like it's almost like a rite of passage. Banned from Malaysia, oh, perfect. Of course, yeah, it's a rite of passage <laughs> right as of a passage. Singaporean comedian or someone from Singapore to piss <laughs> off the Malaysians because here's the thing. Uh, of late, uh, Malaysia's been a bit touchy about jokes. Justin did bring up uh, the situation. There was a very popular comedy club called the Crack House Comedy Club in KL, uh, Kuala Lumpur. Don't ask me how they got that name passed, but uh, basically to cut mm. a long story short... They don't know what crack means. Yep. The, the, we'll get... There's a whole fun story, but we've got, we don't have enough time for that. Uh, so the whole thing that went down was that they pissed off the Muslims. The Muslims shut the place down. The owner is currently waiting for trial uh he might be put in jail for a year or two for not even doing the joke himself for just vaguely letting somebody on stage on an open mic not even a professional show an open mic where she filmed it put it online and the malaysian internet went crazy because they're not used to seeing this the idea of comedy is oh look it's a guy dressed as a woman look it's a inferior race let's make fun of them the comedy isn't quite advanced yet so when Jocelyn did touch on Malaysian Airlines, they're a little bit like, uh, this is not just making fun of us, this is a national shame. But it's also done by a Singaporean whom we don't really like, and a woman. They are quite sexist sometimes, hence and therefore, whole hullabaloo. Uh, Malaysia also has something called the cyber, uh, I want to say cyber police, more like a Malaysian netizens. They're like keyboard warriors, but they really have nothing better to do with their lives. Uh, to uh, know my understand, there has also been a Singapore comedy club that also has been <coughs> review bombed in Singapore because of Jocelyn. Although she has not played in that club for five years. Yeah, comedy what? masala in Singapore got reviewed bombed. Wait, I thought it doesn't exist anymore. Oh, comedy masala. Yeah, they got reviewed bombed because of you, young lady. Yeah, they went yeah. back years. So I guess like why it all went down. <laughs> it's it's, it's all about body. like there's so much stuff going on. It's not just a joke it's the culture of the joke it's the person telling the joke it's the whole surrounding but in the day it's just people that don't quite understand what stand-up comedy is how it feels how it's meant to push also that american sentiment sentimentality of we're here to challenge what it is and justin honestly did a good job although maybe uh superimposing a picture of the plane that crashed over the joke might not have been the best choice jocelyn it was not me. That was not my doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's 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 a very good point. So I usually approve all the clips. I was supposed to approve all the clips that go up. Oh, yeah. And, and I didn't approve this one. <gasps> I didn't see it before it went up. And I was oh. furious oh. because it's not a surprise to me that this, I mean, I, that it went viral to the extent it became an international incident. <laughs> Obviously, no. But it wasn't surprising to me that it, it was received negatively. 
first of all, it, it encouraged people to leave the bad reviews, so that was stupid enough. But more than any other brand of humor, we get complaints about jokes which ridicule tragedies. Mm. This is something, going back to when Samurai got in trouble for making fun of the child that was eaten by the alligator in Disney, to if you remember, Louie got in big trouble for a Parkland joke, even though he actually didn't even make fun of the play. He, was, he referred to the, 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 the kids um, who were, uh, survived Parkland and spoke before Congress. I can think of a few other examples. People don't like this. Um, it's a small group of people, but for the people who are bothered by that mm. kind of thing, they're quite bothered by that. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, and 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 I don't know if I if I'm going to violate the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act here, <laughs> but I'm told that Danny, our guy who does the uh, clip thing, he's told me that he's on the spectrum and he can't he has no empathy. <laughs> <He> has- <laughs> That's why he superimposed a plane over. <laughs> <laughs> he thought, oh no, this is a great way. It's a visual tool so they can imagine the crash. It's perfect. For him. So now, so apparently, That's amazing. So apparently, if I were to fire him now for this, I'd be in violation of the law, which, <laughs> you know, retribution against someone who has a has a disability of some kind. So I guess I got to. No, I would never fire him for this. He didn't mean bad, but um, uh, so that that's. How it happened. And it started as a trickle, a couple of bad reviews. And I lost my shit as a couple of bad emails and stuff. But then, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, I've never seen anything like this. We had more uh, people coming to our uh, website over this than we've had since we've been open. Like, it was unbelievable. It was like, it's, so, yeah, it, it kept me up at night. And then, you know, I woke up our web designer in the middle of the night and I said, Steve, you got to get up. You need to back up the website onto a local drive now. Wow. And he says, why? I said, they're coming after us. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and sure enough, next day we, we what about we the, the, um, the fuck you, which I guess in the room seemed like a jocular fuck, like, Oh, fuck you. The jo- right, you know, right, yeah. but I, I don't think they took it that they way. They did not. They took they it really as a didn't. full on fuck you. I would, yeah. ma- what role did that play? Oh, I think it was a big role because like you say, there's almost never Malaysians in the audience who at least admit that they're Malaysian. Right. So I, I think it's me having twice that I had a Malaysian and I could roast them. So in the moment, because comedy club culture, you roast members of the audience. I was like, oh, fuck you. And like the whole audience laughs, et cetera, because they know that you're just roasting the audience because they know that's what comedians do. But I think taken out of context, they, and what I heard was that they thought I was yelling, fuck you, with so much with, hate with ven- in my venom, heart. Yeah. They thought I had hate in my heart. I was like, wow, these acting classes have paid off. Uh-huh. <laughs> how shocked were you? And like, how did you find out that it went so crazy? I think my gnome called me the next day. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is bad now. I, because I she did, didn't return a call right away, by the way. I, I was sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Well, I imagine it's scary to... Uh... <laughs> Malaysians are right. You're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I imagine it's scary. Were you at all frightened by all this uh, venom coming at you? Uh, we were getting, we, we, we were receiving threats of any kind. Of, any? I'm sure I don't read most of them. I, I mean, once I saw that things were getting really personal and they were attacking me, I mean, I got somewhat lucky, meaning that I could kind of curate what I saw. Got had people to like safeguard my my inbox and everything. So I was pretty protected. So really, all the hate they're directing at me is like, I know you're. You got to safeguard your inbox. So, so let's. And by the way, we have people get upset about 
you know, and I get it. Like it, it, peanut allergies are like a common thing to make fun of. <laughs> right. But my goodness, if you have a kid with a peanut allergy who's almost died, of course it's going to be hard for you to laugh right, at that. Right, totally, yeah. And then we depend on you, the parent, to say, to, you, you have to be able to understand, yes, this is personal to you, but the people who are making a joke about it are not making fun of your child. It's a, it's a, it's a broader concept out there, but, but it's still human, right? So, and, and we have Zach here as a comedian too. Why is it okay to make fun of tragedies in your opinion? Well, I don't think we're making fun of the tragedy. We're, we're trying to find the humor in it, right? I mean, we're not making fun of the victims or that it's so funny that a tragedy happened. But you know, I think when we try to find some, what's actually funny about this thing, then we can laugh about it. Maybe healing, like medicine. Medicine. I mean, laughter is supposed to be healing. So I think that's why it's. I wouldn't say important, but a, a definite argument for being able to laugh at sad stuff in life. Like comedy is a reflection. A comedy is a mirror to reality, right? So if we want to have our comedy be truthful and a reflection of the real world, then tragedies are a part of it. Zach, you want to take on that? It's interesting. I have. Uh, I lost a friend of mine in the Virginia Tech massacre, and so sometimes I have bits about. They never do as well as other bits, so I retire them usually. But I joke like, "Oh, it's it was awful. Eighteen year olds should not be writing eulogies because eighteen year olds are bad writers." Like in this eulogy, I will argue, blah blah blah. And so I think. I think, I mean, in some ways, nothing is off limits. In some ways, some things can be sacred to different people. But I think you have to joke about, not maybe not the day of a tragedy, unless that's your persona. Like, everyone's waiting for Jesselnik the day after something <laughs> awful happens. Like, what's his hot take and be? Mm. And so it depends on people knowing you, your persona, what you can, like, get away with. And then if are you, like, punching up or punching down, I guess, is the question, too. Well, Ari Shafir got in a huge trouble. Remember when Kobe made a tweet about Kobe Bryant? Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, oh someone said, said to me something comforting. If LA is willing to let Ari Shafir back into the LA after that Kobe Bryant tweet, you'll be fine going back to Malaysia in a couple of years. I was like, I don't think I'm going <laughs> to risk it. <laughs> Sam, what's your take about? Uh, do you feel? Do you, let me put it another way to you. Do you feel in some way some sympathy for the way the Malaysians feel about this? Um, definitely some sympathy and a lot of it because uh, I know people who have were on the plane. I, I know people, as in not personally, as I know people who had friends who were on the plane. Some of them are performers. But here's the thing, we have to joke about tragedy, not directly about like mocking it, but to go through it somehow, to understand it somehow by talking about it. We are now no longer letting it have that grip on us. And here's the thing, people in Malaysia have been joking about MH370 themselves because they also need to find a way to get over it. A bunch of Malaysian comedians have been doing jokes for years about it, and some of them who had criticized Jocelyn, saying that went too far, were the ones who were doing it in the first place. They were the ones that were outrightly doing it. So but, I but think that's different. That's like, different in some way when you make it within your community. But, it's still yeah, but they've also gone people. all over the place. Yeah, joking about tragedy. It's like they had no right. There is a comedian whose friend. Yeah, there is a comedian in Malaysia whose friend was on the on MH370, and she's made jokes about it. If anything, she should have the most right to talk about it, but she didn't. She didn't say anything about the situation because she knew Jocelyn is a comic, and there does not need to be commentary about that. And when it comes to it, it's end of the day, like everything comedy, it's subjective. It's subjective. Like comedy is subjective. If you like it, that's great. If you don't like it, you don't have to come. That's all. My opinion is as follows. Yeah, I don't do it uh, unless I feel I have something interesting to say about the nature of tragedy and the, and the and the the nature of the fact that we're all living in a in a in a world of horror. But I think a lot of people that joke about tragedy, um, to be perfectly candid, are not interested in healing or interested in an interesting take. They're interested in being considered edgy and getting an easy laugh. 
Uh, I'm not saying this is the case with Jocelyn, but I don't. I think it's all fine and good to dress up comedy as uh, you know comedians as these great healers <laughs> and these great voices that that need to be heard, and that that can certainly happen. But what can also happen is comics trying to say, "Hey, I want to be the edgy guy. I want to be Jezelnik. I want to be the cool guy that doesn't give a fuck." Um, and not offering healing, it's fine. I, I don't condemn it. It's just not what I do. I think oftentimes we make more of comedy than it is. Most comics are not great truth tellers. Most comics are just okay. doing shit. Then what about what about the point that I had made in the Times? By the way, the Times kind of wrote it as if it was their point, and they asked me about it. If you read it, <laughs> but that wasn't the case at all. Anyway, uh, the point I made in the Times was that there's a there's a certain vibe in a late night where people are drinking. It's a small group of people, and point. it's a little of bit course. transgressive, a little bit naughty. And you say things that, oh, I can't believe you said that, that you're not supposed to say. Right. But within that, within that time and place, everybody kind of understands what's going on, and they take it for, for what it is. And A, isn't that, isn't that a legitimate vibe? And B, then do we do understand that it's to try to transplant that vibe, as I said in the time, into a small screen no, it watching is. over morning. It, it Let absolutely... me finish, Dan, <laughs> to try to transplant that vibe into a small screen we are watching over morning coffee. It flops in the same way, as I said to Zach, listening to a tape recording of yourself having sex <laughs> over morning coffee will sound psychotic. <laughs> but it was in the time and place. It sound, it might even be under, you might even underachieved, right? But, but it's like certain things, certain things don't transplant to another moment. So, yeah, and what also about, it was edited, uh, well, right? So, uh, the, oh, yes, I agree. I just don't, I just think that sometimes we give, we, we dress comedy up as this crusade for I free speech and we're healing the world through yeah. humor. I think, I think that's in, in 90% of the cases, baloney. We're trying she, to get she laughs. She didn't claim that. She didn't claim she was trying to Well, but heal. that's what, that's what, that's what has been said on this podcast is that tragedy, we joke about tragedy for healing, maybe, or maybe we just joke about tragedy because we're trying to get a laugh. And I, I think comedians see everything as a premise. Yeah, I think that's true too. I had a cousin who didn't talk to me for a year because he did a joke about John Benet Ramsey, who is the little girl who was in the um, beauty, in the beauty pageant, and she was. It was a horrible story, and. Yeah. I think to exactly what you guys are saying. It was like I wasn't making fun of the little girl, right? You're sort of exposing the situation more. I want to hear the joke. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't. I actually don't remember what it oh, was. It was a really. It was a really long time ago. But she was. <laughs> I was like, it, wow, it, you've forgotten her death. It was the culture <laughs> of like you parade these little girls around, and the whole media circus about it is really the thing that you're critiquing, right? Like, I don't know. I, I think that it is really important to be able to bring light to those tragedies and to find a space where it can be okay to talk about. Because a lot of tragedies are taboo, right? Like, you're not... I mean, remember, we, we just talked, we just had Dara Gottfried, Gilbert's um, wife. Well, Gilbert um, got in trouble for a very similar thing. Right. And actually, for me personally, it's not so much the tragedy that I found, found humorous. For me, the beauty of the joke was that I actually do lose the audience. Like, for the most part, right, unless the audience is, like, really wild, um, I will lose them when I mention the Malaysian Airlines. And then the fun part for me is winning them back. But because the clip were edited, you can't really see the full 
like me losing the audience and then I turn around like, oh, not funny. Okay, well, never mind. And I act like I'm giving up on the joke and I turn around and stick the punchline and then they go like, oh. And so for me, that is more like a play on losing an audience and then winning that back. Like, to me, that's what the joke is about. Obviously, people are going to think about the tragedy, etc. No, but that's really interesting, actually, because I thought of that because you would imagine that most Americans actually don't have a set, like have a sense of like that rivalry or all the nuance in that joke, right? Like they don't understand that part of it. Mm -hmm. Well, you you had a perfect storm of a lot of things, right? Perfect storm. Mazel tov, Justin. That, uh, (laughs) that, uh, that we, that our clip exacerbated the, the in your face aspect of the airline thing that this culture takes these things, I think more seriously than, other tragedies would have been taken in other countries that, uh, what else? That they don't have a free speech culture. That, I mean, all That's of it. No com- not much of a comedy culture either. Um, yeah, so they know, like a lot of Malaysians had no idea what stand-up was. So they just saw a woman yelling, fuck you Malaysia on stage yeah. with no context. They don't understand that. It's wow. like a comedy club, it's for jokes. They're just like, who are these people laughing? How dare these people laugh mm. at now, words? I will say, I got, I got some emails uh, from Malaysian people and I tried to answer them uh, thoughtfully that's nice of you and and they answered me thoughtfully back oh, I was I was quite impressed wow. with the the I mean I I have one example here now maybe my answer but it's, it's it's a long exchange so I'm not going to send the whole thing I'm not going to read the whole thing but um things like it's such a shame the comedy seller has not made any statement regarding the disgusting and sensitive behavior of one of your so-called comedians, Jocelyn Shia. It was totally inappropriate. How would you feel if we make fun of 9-11? Jocelyn Joker failed to mention... About 9-11 all the time. She forgot, you did forget to mention this, by the way, that uh, the so-called first world country still depends on Malaysia for water. Yes, still today. <laughs> and famous countries still flock to Malaysia to buy groceries, to fill up on petrol, blah, blah, blah. But that's just not funny. But, <laughs> and, um, Why I mentioned it's not funny. Then uh, she... Uh, uh, then she answered me about, um, is it a she? Yeah, she answered me about some stuff I said in the Times. And anyway, and then I answered her. Like, I got a little, maybe a little below the belt. <laughs> I wrote, I don't think you realize people are offended every single day at comedy clubs. I get emails about jokes all the time. Often I agree. Often I'm offended myself, but that's the way comedy clubs are. If I get involved in one dispute, I have to take a stand one way or another on all of them, and that's just not possible. I read that your former prime minister had said things that Jewish people were offended by. Mm. He called them hook-nosed and questioned the Holocaust. But in my opinion, he can say what he wants. The proud Malaysian people have powerfully made their point here. I don't think she will tell the joke anymore, but I don't know that. And if she does tell it, it's her right to, to, to do so. I'm sorry. I know you won't agree, but honestly, uh, I have respect for the fact. I have total respect for the fact that you were offended. And then she wrote back which impressed me, mm. which is why we should, not this part, which is why we should have rules on what is allowed, not allowed, and deemed offensive when running a business or making a statement. Of course, that's nuts from an American point of view. <laughs> that's, and she said this, nuts. yes, I agree. Our former prime minister's statements were offensive and unacceptable, but he is not in the good books of his own people either, hence wow. why he lost the last election. Mm. We don't easily brush anything under the carpet. Anyway, good day to you, my Jewish friend. Wow, wow. impressive. And you know what? I got a message from a friend. Wasn't that nice? Lost. Very nice. I had discourse. a similar nice discourse. Yeah, I mean, too. she's completely, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. She's say completely something. incorrect about how uh, the. She was absolutely incorrect about the Prime Minister, though. The Prime Minister is still very much loved. The winning party <laughs> in the last election in Malaysia was primarily heavily Muslim, so. 
she's talking out of her uh, unwashed ass. I think that was oh, one of the insults. Take it easy. Take it easy. Well, yeah. Jocelyn, the question I, was uh, the question uh, was posed, uh, or not posed, but uh, addressed that uh, you will not, according to Noam, chances are you will not be telling this joke again. But if you do, it's your right. So will you be? I told it the first day this shit hit the fan. I was ranting about it on the stage. I mean, at a bar show, not at the cellar. But <laughs> I, I was talking about like the reaction that I was getting and then my feelings about it. I, I was like, you guys, you guys want to hear the bit? They're like, yeah, I did a bit. Again, same reaction. They all like lose them, win them back at the, at the at when I stick the landing. And then I, I just joke about it. And I think I'm going to put it in my Netflix special. <laughs> that's, that's whatever she wants to do. I, I was trying to make the point, but I didn't, I, to them, that, you know, how much more do you want? How much more do you want to accomplish here? You, you've, you've, I, didn't, I only read excerpts, right? But that... You know, the, the whole country has come after this poor woman. She's 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 uh, getting threats. She's this and that. Like you want to take it even further than that. Whatever it is that you think that she should have gotten punished, she's gotten it. And now it's up to her. But you want to tell the joke? She doesn't want to tell the joke. You know, I'm not going to get involved in that. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's been suggested that any publicity is good and that this will help your career. Uh, along the lines of Ariel Elias getting a beer thrown at her. For <laughs> right. Do, do you are you in accord with that? Uh, that, uh, I mean, I think I the did. end result remains to be seen, but yes, you know, most of, and fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, we are in a career where this has happened to so many of our comrades, uh, comrades, sound like communists, so many of our colleagues, right? And so I have had enough friends who have gone, I mean, I had to talk to Shane Gillis about it, right? And so I've had enough people who have gone through similar, maybe not to the extent that I have, and the uniform opinion is that this will end up being a net positive. The, the negative will, will blow past in a while. And then the pauses seem to stay on. I mean, are they trying to make me feel better? Maybe. Um, not 100% sure this is going to be a net positive. But I think the most important thing, like Shane was saying, is just to keep working your craft. You know, keep putting out good content. And then your fans, like now you have the eyeballs of the world, right? And so if you do use this time to then still keep putting out good content, then you'll, it'll be a net positive. But have you, have you had a, a, a large increase in followers on social media? I wouldn't say it's a large increase because Instagram deleted my Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Well, they deleted the whole account? Yeah, oh, her account no. got taken down. It got taken down. I mean, we are working on getting it back, so, you know, behind the scenes, but it has been taken down for a while. And, and based on what they said, what, you violated community standards? What? Yeah, oh, they said I was impersonating a celebrity. <laughs> so, like, there are all these fake accounts of me, so I'm now being accused of impersonating myself. <laughs> Oh, I see. So they took it down, like thinking that it wasn't it really wasn't you. It wasn't me. But I think it's because you know the 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 haters have been reporting my account, and Instagram couldn't get me any other thing other than impersonating. But you don't. But you don't know that. That's your, your suspicion. But you don't know that. I'm sure they are because um, whenever I put it back up again, it gets slammed like right away, and you know it gets suspended right away until like after the third suspension. Then um, Instagram is like, you know, we're permanently deleting this. That's anno- That's annoying. Instagram's very lazy. I think they, when people report, if they get like three reports, they're like blocked or Mm. banned. I want to do want to say just part of what about all of this is how sinister the internet is. Like the real winner in this is Instagram. The real winner is the eyeballs that they get because um, our phrase I wanted to drop was the idea of contextual collapse. That like in a comedy club, there's a context, there are rules, there's engagement, but the internet, something could be seen by one person or ten million people. Mm -hmm. If someone invited you tomorrow to give a speech to 10 million people in, uh, to Malaysians, to Singaporeans, <laughs> you're probably not going to say, fuck you. Right, yeah. But the internet takes a thing that's meant for a certain context, shows it to the world, and someone once said, if something gets more than 10,000 likes, like, it's, it's beyond you. 
this is no longer about your material. People are airing their own disagreements, their own like ego to your point. Mm. Um, but yeah, the winner in the end is the, the tech company that's, that's managing true. it all. I'm going to start um, buying meta shares. <laughs> I, yeah. I do want to say one other thing. So, and this, this applies well beyond this particular incident. You quite often hear people say, well, if, if it's her free speech right to say it, it's my free speech right to complain mm-hmm. and to be offended. Uh, and and uh, that's true as far as it goes. But often they use that to justify a kind of call to action to punish that person who said it. And I think that's almost always wrong. And I, I was thinking about the other day, like, when do I think a, a, even a boycott is okay? And the reason I think it's wrong is because if you believe in free speech, what I think you're supposed to really believe in is the, I, the idea of discourse. It's not the idea of freedom to say what you want and my freedom to try to make sure you get fired. Although you may have that right to Trump. But if you use your free speech as a way to try to get somebody fired or to uh, try to have um, somebody's business shut down or take damage, that's a different view of free speech. Mm. That is not the free speech which comes from your respect for the idea of discourse. And I don't think that point gets made enough. So while I guess there are there are some uh, hypotheticals, like I always say, Hitler can break almost any hypothetical. There are some hypotheticals of somebody who just stands for something so outrageous and so racist and, and has a big sign with the N-word out. You say, yeah, I guess it's, I guess we ought to boycott that person. Um, I, uh, uh, you, you have to go to the it bathroom? Me, no. oh. oh, is it me? Oh, it's me. Um, yeah. Uh, but it, having having allowed for the fact that there might be certain cases where even I would have to say it's okay, I think that it's it's wrong to try to bring consequences to rain down on somebody who said something that you don't agree with. Mm. I think it is a bad social norm to to start doing that, and it cannot be controlled, and it will dumb its way down to boycotts and retribution, especially now. Maybe think of it talking about the internet where you can ruin people with just a few thousand people on the internet if you can get them to do it. You know, yeah. you can really cause trouble for somebody, especially when the the places like Google hide behind this section two thirty protection where they actually won't even get involved. Like like when you know when there's when there's um a bunch of bad reviews for a business, there's not even somebody at Google you can call. Mm. They literally don't even have an employee in charge of dealing with online attacks. Oh, so how do you make sure do it? You you they have like this there's somebody should do a whole story about this. They have Google like product specialists who are volunteers who don't get paid by Google, what? who maybe have some connections with, I don't even, nobody even knows how it works. It's <laughs> opaque and they can escalate you, but, mm. but it's, it's big brother. You have, nobody's accountable. Mm. You have no rights. It, it depends on who you get and what their predilection, they're not accountable for any decision they make. Mm. You can, they can, they can say to you, no, this was not uh, a personal attack mm. and you have no one to call up and say, well, you're missing something or you misread it or anything. Wow. There's no fucking rights. Oh and, God. and to make it even worse, Google, in, you know, it's like you Google New York comedy club. I don't know why you would, but you <laughs> New York comedy club and uh, I'm kidding. And, uh, and you want to make a reservation there. or You just want to get their address. The first thing you see is Google shows their stars. 
Mm. So Google intervenes into your essentially non-commercial transaction and 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 tells you, let's say they have bad ratings. Oh, this is a two-star place. New York Comedy Club is not a two-star place. But let's, this is a two-star place. You may not want to go there. And the owner is like, they didn't fucking ask you, was I a good place or not? And by and and you have no recourse for that because of this. So it's a it's a thicket of things which haven't been thought through, laws which were passed to deal with things which nobody contemplated. It's taken our life. It's mushroomed, and uh, it will have to be revisited at some time. You know, I, I don't know when the next time we're going to have a functioning government that can revisit everything, anything. It's one of the reasons I'm kind of against this whole Trump indictment is because, like, great, Biden's going to win. And his, at his inauguration, we're going to see uh, Biden being inaugurated while Trump in his jail cell with a, you know, a exposed commode. And for four years now, 30 percent of the country is going to view the president as the guy who put his, uh, uh, you know, his can- the, the, the opposition candidate in jail. Mm. And... Whether he belongs to jail, it's not even like we're gonna have to live this way for yet another four years. I just, it's like when will we ever have a government that can get to anything? So I'm, I'm getting off on a tangent here, but anyway, th- this, this, this whole internet thing does need to be untangled in some way. And uh, that's it, you know. No, I'm, uh, you know, that's, that's a train of thought. I, but it's I, a lot, I, lot I, I thought of there. what you were saying about getting people fired. I read that <clears throat> Ryanair recently on a flight from Rome to Tel Aviv, one of the flight attendants took it upon herself to say that we'll be arriving in Palestine. Um, and, um, you know, of course, part of her job is to, uh, give you your destination. But I thought to myself, I really like to see that person fired. But then I said, that's not a free speech issue. She's an employee, but but go ahead. But yes, but, but it it, it is an issue if, 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 if the whole incident, if there was a big movement online to get her fired. And I said to myself, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, I actually thought of, of, of that, of what you were saying, like, no, that I don't want to be part of an online mob that gets somebody fired, but I, I did think to myself, I really like to see that woman given the boot. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and of course, you know, you're not doing your job properly if you're giving somebody the wrong destination and, and, and taking it upon yourself. She should have said occupied Palestine? Well, no. Okay. <laughs> no. You, you, that's a commercial... Yeah, if, if I have a waitress who, who uh, uh, insists on you know, we have we have a dish of Israeli salad, and she insists on calling it, you know, occupied Palestine salad. Um, <laughs> you know, I might have to, t- but it's not. A, but if, but if she goes online and tweets or tells a joke in an artistic expression or whatever it is in in within a forum where it's her right to be doing so, she doesn't have that right as a flight attendant. But within a context, Jocelyn has the right to tell jokes, and her jokes may have a point or whatever it is. And if you want to. As, and if you want to take issue with it, or you want, that's fine. But to try so to com- ruin her is not – you don't say you agree with – I believe in free speech. Therefore, I have a right to try to ruin her. That's just bullshit. That's, so, that's so you, are you calling upon speech. Ryanair to fire this flight attendant? <laughs> no, I wouldn't fire her, but I would give her – I would tell her don't do that again. If you insist on doing it, you might leave us no choice. Yeah. I mean there's an interesting legal her. aspect here since you know, we're all former lawyers or law- legally trained that um, if inciting – incitement and offensive content is against the law in Malaysia, right? And my content that was uploaded in America, but somehow via the internet gets consumed in Malaysia, am I actually liable under Malaysian law? Uh, Under Malaysian law, they can do whatever they want. I don't know what the Malaysian laws are. Are you going to be traveling to Malaysia? Hell no. (laughs) This flight attendant thing, um, it reminds me of Colin Kaepernick because... He, you know, I always thought they shouldn't let him 
do that, not because I care what he's saying, but because he was in, uh, intruding his politics into what is a commercial thing. And as I had said at the time, well, if, if he had taken a knee for all the lives that are lost in abortions, you know, the same people were defending his right. He's like, get this guy out of here. You have no right to be taking a pro-life stance during a football game. I thought the, the proper uh, response by the football team should have been, listen, we're not going to force you to go out there for the national anthem. But if you go out there for the national anthem, you have to stand. If it's against your conscience to do so, then stay in the locker room until the game starts because so much of it, the support was based on the fact that people happened to agree with that particular stance of his. Mm. But you give them a stance they don't agree with and immediately they would change. But what she's doing, the flight attendant is doing, is exactly the same thing. She's taking a knee, right? Kind of. And you can see in that context, well, you can't do that. Like, you're getting paid. You know, you, you have to say the destination as we, as we say it. If you disagree with it, Maybe we can find some other solution. Do another you, route. You can't just impose your politics. <laughs> you can't impose your politics on the airplane. You can't impose your politics on the football game. Hilarious. So you know. Anyway, it's these are interesting topics. Well, the idea is is that if you support free speech, what you're really supporting is for somebody to be able to say the thing that you don't agree with, yes, right? Yes, that that's yes. the idea, but, but not as part of not, but not in the commercial context. Sure, if part sure. of your job is to say something and you don't say it, then that's not a free speech issue. Right, right, right. I mean, the the owners of the football team are within their rights to say, "Listen, half our audience agrees with you." Half our fans don't. Uh, by the way, we pay you with the money that we receive from the fans. Right. You can't do something which is, you know, antithetical to our business here. You can go, you can leave this game and go say whatever you want about sure. this issue. You're, but when you come to work, now you're at work. But uh, that, that, ar- that and, argument didn't get and, much sway. And, and ap- <laughs> apropos of work, is there any situation in which you would tell a comic, you work for me? And don't say what you're saying. I mean, they're, they're- I, of course, but but I would be very well. I wouldn't. It'd be a last resort, or I would just stop booking them. I mean, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go down with the ship. I, I got, I have to make a living. But uh, but I I don't think comics want to go over. Mm-hmm. So normally, when a comic comes out with something that is perceived by the audience as being over the line, mm-hmm. and that can be a magical thing. Uh, they correct on their own. Yeah, exactly. I would not have done this bit if it didn't kill so hard. So but Jocelyn's been doing this joke for a year and a half, right? And yeah. it always, like, this is just because it went online. Mm. Right? right? I'm not known to be an edgy comic. I'm not an like, offensive comic, right? So this was really surprising. I'm, I'm... Yeah, no, I mean, she, she'll tell you, I, I didn't say, in all this time we spoke about, I didn't say one word to you about saying it again, not saying no, it again. No, post- Yeah, he I, gave me whatever... Or I told her, I said, if you want to post it, post it. Yeah. I just, I, not, not even a you little. You really respect zero, the an artist. Zero, what, does Sam Morrell still tell the joke about the well, it's not, alligator? It's not topical. I know, I know. I, I, but... I don't remember. I don't remember. I thought, I thought she would stop telling it, or she might stop telling it just because of all the grief she got for it. But that's, that's again, that's her career. I, I was like, you know, what, what can I do about it? <laughs> is, is Josh, my concern is that she gets laughs. Yeah. You think in a commercial setting, you're free speech is limited or you shouldn't impose politics in a certain way. I Can think I? In, in a commercial setting, your free speech is abs- is absolutely limited. 
Yep. So can I wear or uh, like Target just told all their st- stores to not put up pride flags of any kind, like no pride merchandise. They can't decorate the stores. This is something people have been doing for decades. I feel like every Starbucks employee is gay that I've ever met and they're upset. Wait, Starbucks or Target, you said? Starbucks. It's in reaction to like the Target stuff. Um, yeah, that, well, Starbucks, I don't blame them for being upset. Starbucks? But or- the employees. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah but yeah. that feels like um, a limiting of, hey, this is a commercial environment. We're yeah, getting they, they, some they have the right from- to. Well, I mean, let's, again, it's what I agree with. So let's say my employees wanted to put up uh, Palestine Palestinian flag, uh, flag. All, from, from the river to the sea, like, you know, mm-hmm. end, end, of, end of Israel flag. Because there's various degrees of what Palestinians might believe in. But let's say Hamas. Um, uh, it's it's Hamas Day. My employees, I said, no, you're not doing it in my place. I said, I would. That's, I mean, you, you know, you're free to do that when you when you check out of work. Is you, a might, you might not have a job to come or, back to. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I <laughs> these are very difficult questions, right? And you would hope that, like, I think, is my gut is that I do these take any action as a last resort. I will look the other way. Like I've had this is a story I told before. Farrakhan. Yeah, I had a right when Farrakhan was saying all these horrible things about the Jews. I had a musician I worked very close to wearing a, a Farrakhan T-shirt. You know, it's like fucking with me, and I just decided to let it go. And I know full well if it had been reversed and one of the uh, 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 white musicians had worn something that was very offensive to black people politically, they would have expected me to tell them. Go change your fucking shirt or don't come back to work. They would have cheered me for that, right? Now here I was on the opposite end of it, and and I was, but I didn't. And I just not just so like I, I just let it go. You would hope that Starbucks and and Walmart, I guess they they feel burned by this Dylan Mulvaney thing with Budweiser and they're they're overreacting in some way. I'm just guessing. I, I right? Don't know. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of corporations as Pride are like oh. dialing things back. Um, but I would say without regard to Pride. If corporations in general decided to dial back from politics as part of their brand and all that stuff, I think it's 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 better because politics is very, very divisive and it's not necessary to know. I mean, I noticed on the New York State Thruway now, they reopened this rest stop that it closed and uh, it had been Popeye's chicken, but now it's a Chick-fil-A. And I remember it was only a few years ago that Chick-fil-A was considered reprehensible because I think the owner was against gay marriage. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden now in New York, Chick-fil-A has this prime spot again. (laughs) right off the They still are. They still are reprehensible. Right. So so it's so much hypocrisy that goes on to it. And I feel like it's none of my business what the owner of Chick-fil-A – I don't really care what the owner of Chick-fil-A feels about Palestine or gay marriage. Or I mean, I wish he agreed with me on everything. Uh, and I think that ch- you should, that Chick-fil-A should keep the politics out of its out of its store. It should not have anti-gay marriage banners. That that would, that would bother me too. Just just leave it out. Just just be a store. Mm. Just be a store. I know that's not perfect. There is no perfect solution to right. this. There is no perfect solution. Right. That's what makes it interesting to talk yeah, about. Yeah, it, it is interesting. And Deciding what is and isn't political yeah. is sort of, yeah. But in general, I think we're, we're not doing better as a nation and our social fabric has not improved by the fact that we're basically having to wear our politics as a visible 
thing on our forehead now that you got to know what everybody thinks about every issue. And you can only hang out with the Zen diagram of those people who happen to agree with you. The uh, Zen diagram. Of, of everybody. That's beautiful. Uh, from Kamala uh-huh. Harris. Oh. And, and we're not getting better because, you know, people who disagree with you. Yeah, you know. They so, just are. So when the New York Post caught wind that I had, um, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that I said I refuse to apologize, but the New York Post had the headline, U.S. comedian refuses to apologize to the Malaysian government. So now all the conservatives were like picking this up. They're like, oh, let's follow her. She sounds so funny. So now apparently on Twitter, I have all these conservatives following me. But they're all asking, is she a Democrat? Like they need to know whether or not I'm a Democrat in order to like fully support me, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's out of control. Mm-hmm. It, the whole thing is out of control with politics in, in everyday life. It's a really interesting thing because on the one hand, it's like you sort of want to support businesses that you know are doing quote-unquote good things, right? Like, are doing the things that you want to support. And on the other hand, it's true. Like, why do I need to know where the place that makes my chicken... <laughs> Listen, I mean, I don't eat free chicken, so... <laughs> what? They're, no, but... Businesses are free to do it. And, in, in a, in like, if, you know, if, if you have a business on Christopher Street, it's very, very wise to be very clear that, you, that you're... Right. I mean, it's a little easy, you know, right. I, I, but... But in general, in general, I just think as, you know, a lot of everything is like social norms. It's just like what, as we've just, it gets more and more normal to expect these businesses to go on record about the most contentious issues of the day. Mm. We're not gaining anything. Right. Nothing is, as a matter of fact, we're losing respect for free speech. We're literally losing respect for free speech. We're, We're normalizing the idea of that people should suffer consequences. And I just, I don't agree with it. That's all. It's free country. No, I totally agree with you. It's almost like we're being badgered into towing one certain party line. And, and this is the only viewpoints that can be espoused and, and nothing, everything else gets canceled. One thing is for sure, those people in Malaysia feel as strongly and righteously and in good faith bothered by what Jocelyn did, which gave them the green light to try to ruin the sun or the, as you and, 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 and many people will feel about gay marriage, someone who opposes gay marriage. It's the same thing. Now, you might say, yeah, but I'm right, and they're, they're no. wrong, right? But that's not a plausible argument. So you try to find some grand system which accounts for the fact that everybody thinks they're right. So how are we all going how, – how are we going to be a society? Well, one way is to not put in people's faces on a regular basis the things where we know we're going to upset each other. It's like what Zach said, that you go home and you don't talk to your parents about politics, right? <laughs> no, it's uh-huh. true. Thanksgiving dinner. Can, right. we, can we ask? And, and, well, because what's interesting, with I'm sure you've all had this experience, many people, you think they're the nicest people in the world. They are nice until you actually find out that they had this one opinion. You didn't even realize. Uh-huh. Like, I was at dinner at Perel's house with this dude who's like, oh, January 6th is a false flag, and he's you know, the whole total Trump supporter, you know? <laughs> now, I kind of laugh it off because I, I don't care about that stuff. But there are people, friends of Perriel, who would have gotten up and left the house. And this guy's a nice guy. Well, I think I got up and left the house. <laughs> like, 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 I said, where did that come from, you know? I mean, this is, this is like fighting words to a lot of people. It's like, you know, whatever. You can, you can believe that. Can we ask Sam what the what uh, is 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 Jocelyn a hero in Singapore? Yeah. Should she go there? No, and can I'm she fill a theater? Uh, I mean, with Jocelyn, it's like here's the fun thing with Singapore. Everyone just saw it, and it's like we know Jocelyn. If she did that joke in Singapore, hell, if she did that joke in Malaysia in a comedy club, she'd have been fine. It just it went yeah. online, and that was the issue. I, I, and, I, and I mean, look Malaysia at it. We, 
if I could get away with it. Yeah. Probably wouldn't. Like, we have spent about like 50 odd minutes talking about yeah. all this, the nuance of it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's like, right, like we spent 50 minutes talking about the nuance about freedom of speech and everything, and these people only saw 89 seconds. And that's the beauty and the horror of it, of like all these stuff online, is that we don't have a chance to have a dialogue anymore now it's about yelling at each other how dare you say this how dare you say that instead of asking oh what's the context why do you say this do you have a right what is the right and no one has the answer i don't think we're ever going to unless we just sit down and actually talk to each other which is difficult but right. someone's got to do it yeah and to your point about your nice message my friend messaged me this um hey Jocelyn, you went viral in malaysia just to let you know i have five family members on that plane that didn't land we are still trying to cope with grief even though nine years has passed my family members are not happy and do not appreciate you making it as a joke. I replied, I hear you. I apologize to you and your family members for what this joke might have, must have triggered. Thank you for reaching out to me nicely about it. XO. She replies, no worries. I know you didn't mean any harm. Kissy face. <laughs> oh, you see? Right? All's well that ends. Kissy face. Kissy face. Because yeah. we had a civil conversation about it. Yeah. All right. That's, that's, I mean, that's a nice way to, to end the show. Should <laughs> we all send a kissy face to one yes. another? <laughs> Bye, Sam. It's very nice to meet you. I'll see you in New York. Absolute pleasure. I'll bring you the book. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, well, anyway. um, So, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Sam. Oh, yeah, Yeah. no, as in I've only made it out to the West Coast, but I love to hit the East Coast to see, like, everything there. And, like, Jocelyn has spoken very highly of everyone there, so I'm very excited to come. Well, I can't promise you work at the cellar because I don't own the cellar. (laughs) But you can certainly come here and get a chicken kebab. He left right in time before he could make that promise. (laughs) Uh, thank you, everybody. Once again, we did a podcast that I think is more interesting, more insightful than many of the podcasts you'll hear from the top-rated podcasts. <laughs> um, I'm not going to mention their names, but I don't know why this podcast isn't isn't a bigger deal. <laughs> I don't know what's coming out of certain people's mouths that's so goddamn interesting that they have millions of listeners. <laughs> but uh, anyway, thank you, everybody. Wait, Pot- wait, wait. Okay. Sam, where can people find you? Uh, you can oh. find me online at Mr. Sam C. That's M-R-S-A-M-S-E-E on all the social medias. Come by, say hi, and damn you, this American life we're taking over the seller's podcast. The seller is better than oh, you, that's American not the one life. I was think- that's not the one I was thinking about. <laughs> Singapore, we are not good at sports. Take a look at the Olympics. We've only won one gold medal in the history of our country, and it was in swimming, and we were so proud. However, that same year, another country, one person, won seven medals at swimming. And you're like, who is it? Was it the Americans? Was it the Japanese? No, it was Zimbabwe. Yeah, we lost at swimming to Zimbabwe. Yeah, how they are known for having droughts. They don't even have the water to swim. Like we are state of the art. Swimming pools, we have coaches, we have everything. They have dehydration. Podcast at ComedyCellar.com for comments, questions, suggestions, compliments, and constructive criticism. Jocelyn Chia is a regular here at the Comedy Cellar. My Twitter is up. It's Jocelyn Chia at Jocelyn Chia. And that is all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>